The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Wow, I look crazy, by the way, on this computer. Between the black guy last week and how crazy I look with trying to use the TV right here for light in this hotel room I'm at in Manhattan Beach, California for the NFL's broadcast boot camp. You guys really need to check out YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I don't know. Is that like a dirt on the camera here? We're, we're setting records here. I don't know what we're doing. I do know this, though. It is a Wisdom Wednesday, and we are getting the wisdom today of the one and only Greg Cosell. I love keeping you guys on your toes. You never know what day Greg's going to be on. Usually it's Thursday, although I programming note, the last Ross Tucker football podcast this week will be Friday. So you can check out Even Money podcast already, which was awesome, talking about the Masters, as well as first look at some of the season win total numbers. You can take a listen or watch the College Draft podcast, which was fantastic with Gene Clemens talking tight ends. We're going to record the Fantasy Feast podcast this morning as well. Today, though, it is Greg Cosell. Can't wait to name some of you as winners on Friday at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod, to spread the word via social media. RossTucker.com for any of our sponsors like Raycon, like ExpressVPN, like LinkedIn, and then, of course, YouTube.com slash NFL. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Greg, we are going to get into the corners because I love hearing about the top corners from you because I know you study them as much and as well as anybody. But I did want to get your thoughts on a, a few veteran players that have been in the news recently because I think it's important. You know, if they're in the news for different reasons, let's talk about just what they bring to the table. Stefan Diggs, and we don't talk about money with you often, Greg. Stefan Diggs this morning already gets a four-year, $96 million extension, $70 million guaranteed. As the Bills see what's going on with Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, and, and they want to make sure they've got digs for a long time. What is it, 
Greg, that makes him so good? Well, I'm a big Diggs fan based on tape, and I think he's one of those guys that's a really good route runner, has a really good feel for understanding leverage of defenders, getting corners off their spot. That's the way it's talked about a lot with receivers, that particularly if it's a off-coverage corner, you've got to get them off their spot. You've got to make them turn their body in the way that you want them to turn their body based on your route. Uh I think Diggs is a great example of the fact that route running is not a function of straight line speed because he's not a 4-3-5 guy. It's an understanding of tempo, pace of routes, how to use a vertical stem, how to angle your stem, how to use your body, how to use feints with your head and your body. And as I said, to get corners off their spot, I think he can defeat press coverage. I think he's really, really good at understanding zone coverage, Ross, and finding voids within zones. Because very often, those voids don't show themselves until you're in the play. And you have to find that void in the zone to present yourself, to use a great Tory Holt term that I uh, heard years ago talking to Tory at the Combine, to present yourself as flat and friendly to the quarterback. And I think that... um, Stefan Diggs is really good at those things, and he can get vertical once in a while because of his understanding of how to break a corner's cushion and how to force a corner to just be off balance for that that half a beat that causes transition and change of direction problems. You know what I think is interesting? I think you can make a strong argument, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, as the best wide receivers in the NFL. Tyree Kill is kind of a different animal. But neither Devontae Adams nor Stephon Diggs are the kind of guys that tore up the combine or were first-round picks, Greg. No, and and as you and I both know, 40-yard dash times are not overly relevant for receivers. I mean, unless a guy is going to run a 4-8. Although, having said that, I remember Anquan Baldy running a 4-7-2 at the combine. I was there, and he's, he did okay in his career. So 40-yard dash times are not necessarily a relevant measure of a receiver. A lot of great receivers in this league, you'll look at DeAndre Hopkins. I believe he ran a 4-5-7. Michael Thomas missed this past season but was a great receiver and probably will be again. I believe he ran a 4-5-8. So that's not really a, a truly important measure of whether a receiver will be a really good one in the NFL. Speaking of receivers – Uh, The guys whose name has been in the news a lot now as a potential trade candidate is DK Metcalf with the Seattle Seahawks. And I feel like, I don't know, I don't want to say DK Metcalf is a polarizing player, but I did want to get your opinion, Greg, on DK Metcalf as a player, what he brings to the table and what he would potentially bring to a new team as there are a bunch of fan bases out there clamoring for him. I don't think to me he's polarizing at all. I think he was a function and in many ways a victim of a very inconsistent week-to-week passing game. You know, you can always get the ball to a receiver, Ross. You know, this idea that uh, that Metcalf would go a half and he wouldn't see the football, that's on the offense. That's not on Metcalf. You can always get a receiver the ball. So I don't think he's a polarizing player at all. I think we know what he is. He's a boundary X for the most part who has great vertical speed, 
He has great movement ability. In other words, crossers, routes where you're on the move. He's not necessarily a sit-down receiver. He's not necessarily a, um, you know, come in and out of breaks and throttle down and sink your hips. He's not that kind of receiver. He's a he's a runner. He, he He's vertical. He can run crossers. He can run away from coverage. He's big. He's physical. There are not that many guys, if any, at that size that run like he does. So I don't think his traits are the least bit polarizing. I think he was in an offense that, for whatever reason, that's a whole different discussion, for whatever reason, did not have a consistent week-to-week pass game approach and and therefore did not get him the ball with the target share that he probably deserved. It's it's I think it's a really good point, Greg. Really good point. Um, you know, I want to take at least a minute here just to ask you about Frank Gore. Ah, one of who, my favorites. Retired. Yes, he he retired since last week. I, you know, I just like I like to do when when you look back on Frank Gore, and obviously, you know, five years from now he'll be in the discussion for the Hall of Fame. What will you think of him? What will you tell people about well, Frank Gore? Let me as a ask player? you a question, Ross. You played in the league, obviously. I did not. You did. For a running back to play as long as he did at a really high level, okay? One can debate where he stands on a yearly basis. Was he the best back in the league? You know, people say he wasn't ever the best back in the league. But to play, you played for 15 years, give or take, at a really high level at running back. How many guys have ever done that? Not many. If and any. I'm amazed. I mean – to me, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I doubt that will happen. But, you know, I don't buy into the the argument that, well, he was never the best runner in the league in any given season. That position is not one that we normally associate with long-term durability, correct? Correct. And for him to do what he did and show up every week, uh, I, I only think there were one or two seasons where he might have missed a few games and I'm not talking about his last two or three years in the league. I'm talking up until whatever year that was. Um, I think that's a really, really remarkable, almost unprecedented achievement. And I, to me, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, I think there's no question in my mind he's a Hall of Famer. I don't, I don't know about first ballot yeah, he, or not. I don't think that'll happen, as I said, but I think he should be. And I really believe he will get in. Let's talk about some guys that are hoping someday to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Some of the cornerbacks in this draft, Greg. And, you know, I do the same thing every week. I want to know which guy, if any, really stood out to you when you studied this year's corners. Well, I'm going to start with Ahmad Gardner. Um, I, I really liked his tape. I actually watched him last summer from 2020 and then, of course, this year. And I think his he just fits the profile of the long, he's 6'3", Ross, the long, rangy, athletic, competitive corner that everybody wants. He was the boundary corner at Cincinnati. He played a ton of press man. He's got really long arms for a corner. He's got a long body. Um, I think he can line up and play press man in the league without a problem. He's got very sticky man-to-man coverage traits. He stayed in phase through routes. He played both what we call mirror match press man, where you don't put your hands on the receiver, and he played physical press man. And he was aggressive and challenging. He was 
at times he was probably very annoying to receivers because he really was physical with them. And he has outstanding play speed. There were a ton of crossing routes that he had to defend watching tape. No one ran away from him. So he's got great play speed and he's was aggressive and competitive as a run defender. Um, I just really, really liked his tape a lot. To me, he's he's the alpha dog corner in this class as far as I'm concerned. Clearly in your mind. In my mind, yes. Is there a guy that's clearly second in your mind? Well, I think Derek Stingley's a really intriguing player, but I'm going to go to another player before we get to Stingley, whose tape I really, really liked. And that is Trent McDuffie from the University of Washington. Um, he's about the same size as Tredavious White. Uh, and and I, clearly that size can play outside corner in this league. Um, I just really liked his tape a lot. I like the way he plays. Um, he played a lot of press as well. Um, and he played mirror match for the most part. And again, mirror match means that you don't necessarily put your hands on the receiver. You kind of wait for the receiver to declare his release. And then what you do is you um, you pretty much get in his hip pocket one way or the other, you know, whether it's inside or outside. I thought he had very easy transition opening his hips. Um, he, when receivers were released outside, he was extremely physical. He squeezed receivers to the sideline. And that I really liked that about him. Now, in the NFL, you have to be a little careful because obviously beyond five yards, you've got to release that. But I just thought he was super competitive. Um, I thought he was really good in bail coverage, staying connected to routes. And Washington much teach, much teach this really well, Ross, because they've got corners every year. These guys, when they play off or bail coverage, they are so good planting and driving forward with explosive burst. And the other thing that I really liked is when they played, when he played zone, great situational awareness. And let me just very quickly explain that, Ross. You know, when it's third and 11 and you see a corner, let's say, playing zone, and how many times do we see corners jump around at four yards and then the ball gets caught behind them and it's a first down and it's third and 11? He had a great understanding of the situation. He understood down and distance and its impact on his positioning and his reactions. And I think that's really, really critical. Yeah, well, I think in general, one thing that is probably not talked about as much as it should be is just how important it is to have football intelligence. Yeah. You know, just having a foot, they call it FBI or football IQ. I think that's hugely important at every position and and it's amazing how often you don't see it to be honest with you oh yeah oh yeah um well Well, let's go to stingley now you have to go to stingley Stingley. um stingley i went back and i I looked of course at his 2019 tape when he had that first season the freshman season when everybody said this guy will be a top three pick in a draft um there's no question ross he has all the physical and athletic traits that teams look for in an outside corner um, he's got size. He's good size. Not as big as Gardner, but perfectly good size. Athleticism. He's fluid. There's a suddenness to his movement at times. He's competitive. I thought he was at his best as a press man corner. Um, he's got loose hips. He's got easy transition. The one thing he needs to work on, and I and I always look for this when I look at press man corners, 
and it's just something maybe people can take note of as well. When you're playing press and you're not going to be physical, but you're going to play mirror match, a lot of guys, their first reaction to the receiver is they get back on their heels. Okay, Stingley had a tendency to do that. And that just by a fraction slows down your reaction. He could compensate for that in college without a problem. And I'm and in the NFL, it may be a little different just because of the quality of receivers he'll be competing against. Now, that's a very fixable thing, but he had a tendency to just kind of lean back on his heels, and then you have to sort of get back on, on the balls of your feet to react. And it seems minor, but it's not. Um, I didn't think he was quite as comfortable or as good playing off coverage as he was playing press. Um, and the thing that he has better than any corner that I've watched, I haven't seen them all. So I don't want people to say, Oh, what about this guy? So I haven't seen them all, but he has great, great ball production and ball skills being a former receiver, vertical throws outside the numbers, which are a big part of the NFL game. He made interceptions. He got his hands on balls. I mean, he has great, great ball production. Okay, but Greg, what did you see the last two years? Uh, I mean, I, the traits are still there. He just only played 10 games. I mean, the traits, I, I went back to 2019 only because he played a full season. And I did watch 2020 and, and all his games in 2021. The traits are there. Um, and, and again, I'm, I'm not going to comment. People say, well, he didn't try hard. I, you know, I didn't see that on tape, to be honest with you. And I'm not going to speak to what's in his mind. So, I, you know, I, that doesn't mean anything to me. You know, I I have to interview the kid to know that, and that's not going to happen. So I'm not going to speak to that. So I think the traits are there. How about Andrew Booth Jr. from Clemson? Yeah, he's a really interesting guy as well. He played a lot of man and zone, probably as much zone maybe as any corner that I've seen. Again, not having seen them all. Um, Booth was a player that I really liked. Another corner that had a great feel for zone, kind of like Trent McDuffie. Um, and by that, I mean, you know, when you play zone, what do you hear all the time from coaches? Eye discipline. You have to play with your eyes. And I thought he had a great understanding of receiver location and distribution, receiver splits in zone coverage. His body and his eyes were in the right place. Um, he had a great feel for route concepts based on receiver splits. He was savvy. He was aware and he could also play, um, you know, press coverage as well. Um, and he had very good snaps watching his tape playing mirror match press man. Also could be physical. Um, and the one thing about this kid is he was aggressive. You just saw it as, uh, you know, maybe as, as physical as any corner that I watched along with McDuffie. You could tell that Booth embraced the physical nature of the game you could tell he was not only willing to hit and tackle, but he relished it. He wanted to play that way. He wanted the game to be physical. Ooh, that's awesome. I love hearing that. Um, is there another guy out of Roger McCreary, Kair Elam, Kyler Gordon? Is there another guy yeah, um, that jumped McCreary's out to you? McCreary fascinating because his tape's really good, but he's going to have an issue with some teams because his – and again, maybe this sounds crazy, but his arm length is – under 29 inches, I believe. And I think there's only been one corner drafted in the last 10 years with arm length under 29. I, I think that's true. That can be checked. And that's that's going to be a concern.
but his tape is really, really good. And I just don't know how teams will view that. And, and uh, because obviously that seems to be a boundary marker, Ross, for teams because they just don't draft guys with arm length like Roger McCreary. So I don't know exactly what to make of it other than what the track record is. Um, Man, I watched him in a few games, and I'm no cornerback expert, but against Penn State, against Alabama, I thought he was really good. Well, it's funny you say that because I watched him against LSU and Alabama, obviously, uh, and he matched up numerous times to Kayshawn Booty or is it Boutte, who's going to come out next year and probably be a top 20 pick from LSU and did a great job. And against Alabama, he matched up to both Jamison Williams and John Mechie and was really good playing press coverage in both of those games. And I really, really like his tape. Love the way he plays. Another guy who's whose um, measurables are pretty similar to Tredavious White. So again, I just don't know what to make of the arm length. Then you mentioned Elam from Florida. Elam's another real a guy that I whose tape that I, I liked as well. Um, I think he's a fascinating prospect. He's another guy who's long. He's over six one, um, ran really well. Um, he's got length. He's got physicality. He's got high level competitiveness. He's got a swagger to him. Um, you know, a lot of these guys though in college because you can do it, they're they tend to be a little too grabby through the routes. You can do that in college. Uh, you can't do that in the NFL. Um, but he also, like McDuffie, did a really good job because he was the boundary corner for Florida. He did a really good job of squeezing receivers to the sideline when they released outside. And he played – when you watched his tape, you felt like, man, this guy plays strong. He plays with a physical presence. So Elam was another guy that I really liked. I don't know if it's a physical presence, Greg, but you sure as heck bring a presence every ah. single week when you come on the show. I absolutely love it. Love getting some surprise wisdom from Greg Cosell on a Wisdom Wednesday. Next week, we will dive into the edge rushers. Really Good. curious to think, to hear what you have to say about the edge rushers. Check Greg out on social media at Greg Cosell. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Ross. So I mentioned earlier, by the way, that I am in California right now. It's now 6.15 a.m. And on the flight out at the airport, now in the hotel, all three, I've got ExpressVPN on. Because watching any shows or even being on your computer without using ExpressVPN is like going to a casino and only being able to play in the slot machines. Why limit yourself you don't want to do that. So first of all, ExpressVPN has blazing fast speeds. Like I was watching videos on the plane with no issues whatsoever. I was actually watching Penn State recruit videos for this Keystone Sports Network thing I do. You can you can connect with any of your devices. The servers work in 94 different countries. They've got servers in 94 different countries. So any show that you want to watch, it's pretty much almost always going to be on Netflix in one of these other countries. So you can just use, if you'd like, Netflix and the ExpressVPN to be able to watch what you want. So be smart. Stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash Tucker. Don't forget to use my personal link 
at expressvpn.com slash Tucker to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Tucks takes. Morning, Ross. Uh, you and Greg obviously touched on it, but let's talk about that Stefan Diggs four-year $96 million extension from the Bills. It includes $70 million guaranteed and puts him under contract for the next six seasons. So I think it's really interesting because he was already under contract for two more years. They'd already given him a deal. They didn't need to do this. But I think what this is, is this is the Bills saying, we don't want to get into a Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill situation where he's not happy and he wants to go elsewhere for more money. We don't want to get to that point, number one. Number two, if we know we're going to want him for the next four or five years with our franchise quarterback, Josh Allen, the price isn't going to go down. It's only going to go up. So while the Bills didn't need to do this, and they could have waited a year, maybe two, then franchise had him, they could have played hardball with Diggs. I think they realized, there's not a whole lot to gain by that long term. You know, what they're going to gain is making sure Josh Allen has his number one guy for years to come and that Diggs is happy because they know they got a chance to do some really special things in Western New York over the next couple of years. I, I like it. Tucks takes. Eagles and Saints made a huge trade. Eagles trading in number 16, number 19, and number 194. That's in the sixth round to the Saints. These are all draft picks, obviously. For number 18 and number 101, that's in the third round. And a seventh rounder, number 237, uh, 2023 first round pick, 2024 second round pick. Essentially, one, two, and a three for this year's number one. Right. I don't really understand this from the Saints' perspective. I understand that there's some discount for future picks, but I believe that the Eagles and some other teams, but certainly the Eagles and Howie Roseman, have taken advantage of that flaw in the market. Because future picks should not be discounted as much as they are. You know, they used to say, well, it's a, a round later. Man, I don't see how you look at it that way. You know, if you just swap the 19 and the 18 and the sixth rounder and the seventh rounder, as you said, Bri, the Eagles are getting a one, two, and a three for this year's one. And the Saints now have pick 19 and pick 16. I guess I just don't really understand it. I mean, who, for what? I mean, maybe they're going to package those two picks to move up and get a quarterback. I guess that would make some sense to me. There's some reports out there that they feel like they're very close to being a playoff team, and this way they'll get two good starters. I don't know if I really believe that. I think maybe that's what they're putting out there so that people don't think they're going to try to get a quarterback. But I I, I think this is a slam dunk deal for the Eagles. I didn't think they were ever going to take use all three first-round picks for a lot of reasons, including the financial one. I always thought they would try to get another first-round pick next year. They got it done. I did not think they'd be able to also get second- and third-round picks for that first-round pick. And by the way, the Saints might not be that good. You know, Dennis Allen as head coach, not Sean Payton. 
Jameis Winston or maybe a rookie quarterback. Saints might not be that great. And if that's the case, wow, that move will look even better for the Eagles because maybe it ends up being a top 10, top 15 pick. Ducks takes. Sticking with the Saints for a minute, they cut quarterback Blake Bortles. And in other news, the Falcons signed Demir Bird. So my understanding on the Saints cutting Bortles is he asked to be released after they signed Andy Dalton, which makes sense. Demir Bird, you know, if you're a receiver, you should want to go to Atlanta right now, at least if you want playing time. I mean, their receivers are not good. If you want playing time, you want to start, you want to get targets, Atlanta's the place to go right now, although I suspect that they will end up, you know, getting at least one receiver in the draft. Ducks takes. The NFL continuing to uh, wanting to make the sport more of an international event, uh, pushing for flag football to become an Olympic sport. Thought that was interesting. Yeah, I saw that, Brian. Um, and it's interesting because the chief operating officer of NFL International is a former college teammate of mine, Damani Leach. He was a senior corner when I was a freshman defensive end. He started, uh, I think it might have been all Ivy League for three years. He was an excellent player. And I think someone was telling me here at the NFL's broadcast boot camp uh, that they were able to get uh, flag football into the world games. You know, the more flag football becomes prominent in these international events, then the more countries will put money into getting better at flag football, which I think the NFL hopes will lead to more people becoming football fans and more people playing football. It all makes perfect sense to me, and I think it's great. I think flag football is great. I'm a huge fan of flag football for boys and girls, really of any age, but especially when they're younger. It's a great way to play the sport. And without having to worry about the injuries or the contact. I think it's phenomenal. I'm glad. You guys know how I feel about it. There, I mean, there's millions of little kids out there that think soccer is the best sport. I mean, imagine that. That, that. Like, can you imagine if I was born somewhere else? Oh, my God. I would not have been a pro soccer player, and I would have not never have realized that football is the greatest game ever. Absolutely ever. I do realize that you guys are the greatest listeners ever. People like Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, Go-Bangles.com, Evergreen Economics, and MyFrontPageStory.com with Mother's Day coming up. Check out the Fantasy Feast today. It is a really interesting lesson on how well free agents do when they switch teams so it's not just a fantasy show it's something everyone should be interested in how well do free agents typically do when they switch teams that'll be on today's fantasy piece other than that i think we're done here thanks for listening to the ross tucker football podcast make sure to also subscribe to the fantasy piece even money business of sports and college draft all available at apple podcasts ross or wherever podcasts can be found a lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or in Indiana, 109 with it. By the way, 
if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 